mean, we have seen the denorming, if you will, of tobacco in our society really advance. There was a time in the 60s where nearly 50% of Americans smoked. Today, for adults, that number is about 15%. That's not to say nicotine is easy to quit, and we have great compassion for people who are addicted to nicotine. It's a really tough drug to quit. Part of it is because it is so accepted still in many parts of our society. You're listening to Inside Mental Health, a Psych Central podcast where experts share experiences and the latest thinking on mental health and psychology. Here's your host, Gabe Howard. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Gabe Howard, and calling in today, we have Robin Caval. Robin is the CEO and president of Truth Initiative, the national public health organization dedicated to achieving a culture where all young people reject smoking, vaping, and nicotine. Robin, welcome to the podcast. Oh, well, thank you so much for inviting me. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for being here. You know, it's well documented how nicotine harms our physical health. But what's less talked about is the connection between nicotine and mental health. And in fact, many people believe that smoking and vaping nicotine helps their anxiety, therefore helping to improve their mental health. Is that true? That is not true. Um, That is a myth that's been sort of well ingrained in culture uh, by the tobacco industry over time. Uh, But actually, the opposite is true. Uh, What happens is, you know, nicotine, when people first start using it, can feel good. It's a very powerful drug. It helps release that dopamine in your brain, but very, very quickly, because nicotine is highly addictive, those effects wear off. And what really sets in is just a constant treadmill of craving for nicotine. Um, And what the research shows is that not only is nicotine not a stress reliever, it's actually a bit of an amplifier. So There's research that shows that nicotine can amplify feelings of stress, anxiety, depression. Um, So the very thing that many people are reaching for because they think it will help them in terms of how they are feeling emotionally is actually making it worse. I really think that we all have a coworker or a friend or a family member who is absolutely insufferable until they get a smoke break. So it certainly seems like it's true from a layperson's perspective that smoking reduces stress or anxiety and therefore is beneficial to mental health. Is this what drives the idea that nicotine is beneficial? Well, you know, as with any addiction, when you, and this is very true of nicotine. So if you are addicted to nicotine, you smoke a cigarette or you vape and very, very quickly, it goes in seconds from your lungs to your brain. And so you get that feeling, which is really just the relief of your cravings. If you were feeling irritable or cranky or annoying your colleague in the, in the uh, desk next to you, uh, when you go have that dose of nicotine, your cravings are alleviated, but really you haven't done anything to improve your mental health status or your stress status. You're just simply feeding this cycle of addiction, which will very quickly reverse. You know, it it hits your brain 
almost immediately um, and then quickly declines. So you're like a, a rat sort of trapped on a treadmill. I really believe that everybody listening understands that if someone is addicted to a substance, whether it's nicotine, whether it's alcohol, whether it's illegal drugs, that one feeds the other. This idea that that you need it because you're taking it. And then if you just wiped out the middleman, stopped smoking, stopped doing drugs, stopped drinking, etc., you would solve your own problem. What's curious to me, though, is for some reason, nicotine gets a pass. It's okay. I don't know of anybody that says, "Ugh, you're insufferable. You need to take a hit of cocaine. Ugh, you're insufferable. I need you to get really, really drunk and then come back to work. But for some reason, nicotine has become so incredibly socially acceptable that, that, that even non-smokers are recommending it as a mental health treatment for their friends, family, and coworkers. How did this happen? Um, well, the tobacco industry you know, has had a big influence in our culture, certainly for decades and decades. Um, you know, we can all go back and be sort of amazed now at ads from the 40s and 50s and 60s where doctors even recommended brands of cigarettes. And of course, Hollywood and Hollywood still does glamorize the consumption of nicotine. So culturally, it's very present. Um, but I, I, I would say that we have come a long way since then. And I hope not too many people are actually recommending to their friends that you look stressed, you need a cigarette, because um, there are many better ways to deal with it that are, are not as dangerous to your health. Are young people aligned with the idea that nicotine causes mental health issues or at least exacerbates them? Well, I think this is something that they are learning and it makes sense when they when they hear it and they're very concerned about their mental health. But we are out there trying to reverse some conventional wisdom because um, there's a very well-funded industry, the tobacco industry. Their interests are served by perpetuating a myth that tobacco, that nicotine is a stress reliever. So we are definitely giving young people news they may not know, uh, but once they hear it, it makes sense to them. Statistically, vaping tobacco is safer than smoking. However, if the choice is to do nothing or vape, you should absolutely do nothing. But what if the choice is between smoking cigarettes or vaping? Shouldn't then you choose vaping? How has the Truth Campaign addressed this? Does Truth support a harm reduction model or is it straight up abstinence? That's a great question. Um, and it's a complicated one. We at, at Truth Initiative, there is just no question that number one, we believe that every smoker should do everything they can to quit using combustible tobacco, which is incredibly deadly. That's why we offer a free program to individuals called Become an X. You can find it at becomeanx.org. That being said, um, for smokers, if you were to 100% replace combustible cigarettes with vaping to help you quit and to help you eventually and as soon as possible quit the use of all nicotine, that will probably improve your individual health. What we haven't seen, however, is that e-cigarettes, as they are currently marketed in the United States, 
which is very lightly regulated, available every place, not specifically marketed for tobacco cessation, and there are a lot of reasons for that, are really not producing the evidence that says this is a major um, advancement uh, in helping smokers quit. It can. Um, The other thing that I think I would say is the idea of harm reduction is a well-accepted public health strategy. Certainly, we've seen it in substance use. We've seen it in the use of condoms when the HIV crisis was happening. Uh, But for example, you don't see methadone sold on every street corner in America in 7-Eleven where kids can walk in and buy it on their way to school. Unfortunately, that is what has happened with the use of products like e-cigarettes in the United States. So we have a, a very challenging environment in terms of how these products are marketed, how they're available to people, who's actually using them. But I will say categorically that Truth Initiative supports harm reduction when done responsibly and in the interest of public health versus in the interest of growing uh, the revenue and profits for the tobacco industry. I remember when vaping first came out and it was marketed as being so safe. Is that just more of that propaganda that while it may be safer than cigarettes, there's there's lots of things that are safer than something else and both are still dangerous. Is this just more of a of a misleading the public, this idea that, oh, well, we all know that smoking cigarettes is bad, but don't worry if you smoke this way, it's safer. And while it may be safer, we've ignored the part where it is still dangerous. Gabe Howard here to tell you about the Inside Bipolar podcast from Healthline Media. He does the show with me, Dr. Nicole Washington, a board-certified psychiatrist. That's right. A guy living with bipolar and a psychiatrist team up to discuss living well with bipolar disorder. Listen now on your favorite podcast player or visit psychcentral.com slash IBP to learn more. Subscribe now so you don't miss out. And we're back discussing mental health and nicotine with the CEO and president of Truth Initiative, Robin Caval. Well, there's more and more research that's being uh, published every day that e-cigarettes have their own set of harms, respiratory, cardiovascular, um, and are definitely not safe. So maybe the best way to put it is being safer than a cigarette, which is probably one of the most deadly products, consumer products ever to be to be marketed. Um, and would never, ever be allowed on the market today, if you could imagine a product with a safety profile like this being out there, is, you know, perhaps not the standard we are using. Um, And so if you don't use a tobacco product, any tobacco product, you definitely shouldn't start. E-cigarettes are not safe. If you are a smoker and you believe that using an e-cigarette for a short period of time to help you completely quit combustible tobacco might be something you want to try. You know, we would support any smoker in any effort they want to undertake to quit the use of combustible tobacco and ideally the use of all tobacco eventually. I really see smoking and vaping as a maladaptive coping skill. And I'm just very, very curious why 
why do they find nicotine? Is there is there no other options? Is it easy? Does it work in the short term? Because there there's there's no shortage of maladaptive coping skills, and yet not all of these maladaptive coping skills lead to multi-billion dollar industries that have that have lasted for decades. First of all, um, think about how available tobacco is. Um, you know, there are more outlets selling tobacco in the United States than there are McDonald's by many multiples. So this is a drug that is sold on every street corner in America. It's also very interesting in the sense that this is a drug that most people who start to consume nicotine, whether it was smoking, originally now primarily vaping, um, happens for teens, right? People don't wake up on their 35th birthday and say, you know what, I really think today I want to become a nicotine user. And if you think about the way these products are used and consumed, and the industry has been very clever about this, you know, they come in like sort of techie looking devices. Of course, we've all heard about Juul. There are now many, many, many different ones out there, Puff Bar and Elf Bars, and I could go on and on and name them for you. Um, that if you you could go online today and find YouTube video after YouTube video of young people promoting these products to each other. In some ways, the industry doesn't even have to do the advertising. Kids are doing it for each other. That's the power of social media these days. Uh, however, we find that young people today, they are aware of health effects. I think just as a culture, we're all more health concerned than we were in the past. They um, don't like short-term health effects. So things like you're more susceptible to wrinkles. Um, there are dental effects. It can be bad for your teeth. So your child may not be concerned about something that's going to happen to them 40 years or 30 years in the future. But, you know, they are concerned about things that are happening to them right now. And we know that young people are very concerned these days about mental health issues. We are going through a mental health crisis in our country. You know that better than, than anyone. And young people feel that intensely. Statistics are alarming in terms of the numbers of young people who say they are suffering from mental health issues on a daily basis. And so we have found by helping to inform young people and give them the facts and let them know that, you know, vaping nicotine isn't a stress reliever. It's actually a stress multiplier is, is to use a phrase, news they can use. Um, and so parents can help convey that information as well. I love that you brought up that that mental health is everywhere, especially with young people. Does does the Truth campaigns have an effort to tie mental health and nicotine together? And and if so, what are those efforts? Well, we like everybody have tremendous empathy for you know the issues young people are going through today and the exploding crisis of mental health with young people. So we launched a campaign almost two years ago now, uh, called It's Messing With Our Head. And the idea was really to debunk the myth that nicotine, and particularly for young people, vaping 
nicotine is a stress reliever when in fact it's a stress multiplier can make feelings of anxiety and depression worse. Uh, of course, with young people, you try to be a little clever about it. We we thought about what what do people colloquially call cigarettes? They call them cancer sticks. Well, you know what we should call a vape? We should call it a depression stick because that's literally what it is. And then, in fact, we ran a campaign that uh, came after that called Breath of Stress Air. Campaign has been very successful. We just published data from our first outcome study of, of this particular campaign. And what we found is that young people who are exposed to the truth campaign, which is what our effort is called, are significantly less likely to to start vaping and are significantly more likely to quit vaping. And that's very, very, very significant um, because it's the first youth anti-vaping campaign we've been able to prove that awareness is significantly associated with both prevention and cessation outcomes. One of the things that we hear from kids themselves is they don't like being addicted. You know, a lot of them start vaping because their friends are doing it and maybe they feel pressured or they're just experimenting. You know, that's typical for young people. They get addicted and they don't like the way they feel. That's not what they signed up for. 60% of kids who they want to quit, they just may not know how. Robin, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Where can folks find the Truth Campaign online? Um, well, go to thetruth.com, and that would be the best place for any young person who's listening to learn more about Truth. And if you want to learn more about Truth Initiative, which is the parent of the Truth Campaign, you can go to truthinitiative.org. Google This Is Quitting. You'll find it in a, in a heartbeat. I love that. Thank you so much for being here. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share all this information. Robin, you are very welcome. And I want to give a big thank you to all of our listeners. My name is Gabe Howard, and I'm an award-winning public speaker, and I could be available for your next event. I'm also the author of Mental Illness is an Asshole and Other Observations, which you can get on Amazon or any bookstore, but you can get a signed copy with free show swag or learn more about me by heading over to GabeHoward.com. Wherever you downloaded this episode, please subscribe or follow the show. It is absolutely free and you don't want to miss a thing. And listen, can you do me a favor? Recommend the show. Do it on social media. Do it in an email. Do it in a support group. Do it at work. Hell, send somebody a text message because sharing the show is how we grow. I will see everybody next Thursday on Inside Mental Health. You've been listening to Inside Mental Health, a Psych Central podcast from Healthline Media. Have a topic or guest suggestion? Email us at show at psychcentral.com. Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com slash show or on your favorite podcast player. Thank you for listening.